0: This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off. Bluenile.com code LISTEN.
2: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, yesterday, the whole country really was engaged with what was happening in Leinster House, where Ryan Tuberty and his agent, Noel Kelly, appeared first before the Public Accounts Committee in the morning for three hours and then for three and a half hours before the Media Committee in the afternoon. It was riveting viewing in many ways, but riveting though it was, What has been happening in RTE and the story that is now in its third week is of great importance to the people of this country because we do need a national broadcaster that functions properly. And what we have seen in the last three weeks would give you no confidence to believe that is happening. It's a pleasure now to welcome to the stand Finan Sheehan. Finan is one of the best journalists in Ireland by a long mile and he broke the original story. So, you know, i very grateful for joining us on the stand. You broke this story, I think it's on the 22nd or 20, 22nd.
3: 22nd, yeah. <laughs> Barred the Ryan Tuberty section of it. So, yeah. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly were saying yesterday, this is not the the, uh, the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal, it's the RTE payment scandal. So, yeah, i yes. credit for that. But what we'd heard that week, uh, was that uh, a major financial scandal and corporate corporate governance issue had arisen in RTÉ on foot of uh, payments made during the the, the COVID nineteen period uh, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two, and that there had been investigation conducted by an accountancy firm and an legal firm that this had gone to the RT board and so on and so forth, and we were trying to pin that together all that week. Uh, RTE were not responding to, to queries, we were, were then told a, a response would come so ultimately my, my colleague Melanie Finn ambushed the the media minister Catherine Merton and asked her what, what exactly was happening here and that was the first time we had confirmation and that went out uh, that morning of the 22nd that there was a major uh, financial issue in RTE and then that afternoon RTE issued their, their statement and the, the ripple effects uh, having gone since, and we're now back at a point again in the story where we are back to that original statement now at this stage.
0: Yes, and as you pointed out, Noel Kelly went to great lengths yesterday to pin the blame on RTE. He said it's an RTE scandal, it's not a Ryan Tubridy scandal. But leaving that aside, the first thing that happened yesterday was documents that were promised to The two committees, the public accounts committee and the media committee, to be uh, there on Monday, never arrived on Monday, and they were dumped at eight thirty yesterday morning. That in itself was extremely unhelpful, was it not, to those two committees? Because, uh, particularly the public accounts committee, which was meeting in the morning.
3: Yeah, uh, and 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 certainly there was a lot of. management going on around Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly's yes. uh, appearance. And and look, to be fair to them, they were appearing before two or office committees. They did their homework, they did their research, and they did their their preparation in advance. That was very much in contrast to the appearance by the RTE management over the previous yes. uh, two weeks, which was very haphazard. So they had certain tactics that the them uh, employed. Uh, you could speculate that the late dropping of, of that those statements uh, and those uh, documents was, was part of that. Uh, ultimately, if you put out documentation the night before, it then gets leaked. Yes. That, what What's in those documents then becomes the narrative, and then you're on the back foot and so on and so forth answering to, to things in there. So what you, you saw that, for example, the week earlier when RTE... Uh, really fumbled around with this thing of was there one barter account or three barter accounts they sparked a panic uh, ultimately you know there wasn't really three barter accounts there was three accounts feeding into one barter account Yes. so you saw with RTE how that can be badly managed so I think you know fair play to Tuberty and Kelly for whatever their reason was uh, they managed that well and uh, and Ryan Tuberty's statement yes his opening, he, uh, his opening because, statement yeah, became the strongest part of the narrative early in the day I suppose
0: Yes, and then Tupperly more or less took a back seat, and Kelly was yeah. the person who was answering the questions. And well,
3: tu- Tuberty was it, it was quite it was quite strong, and what I noticed from it was the tone of the, the printed statement that he issued to the committee at half eight. Uh, it was very flat, very aggressive. Uh, the delivery that he, he then produced at at half half ten eleven o'clock uh was it was very emotional yes. uh you could see him welling up at points he was getting angry he was thumping the table he was waving fingers uh, around, and he was repeating phrases in a very, in a very dramatic uh, fashion. He also went off script a bit. He did insert uh, additional uh, phrases and sentences into that, particularly around an apology, an acknowledgement of the upset that had been caused to the wider public, uh, and an acknowledgement of the efforts of RTE staff who, who, who worked very hard and how they had been impacted by this. So he didn't have that in the original printed document. He did. By the time he delivered it, he, he had added in, uh, th- those phrases. That was kind of important that he have, he had an apology, uh, yes. in there. The, the, I suppose the, the significant thing from all that is that he, you know, he said, there are seven untruths and here are the untruths. Um, you know, going through to the untruths last night, I'd say two of them, maybe <laughs> you'd give to him. The other five are a mixture of, well, they're not quite, quite untrue. And there's others that are, that, are, that don't apply.
0: Uh, the biggest one, Finan, on being that he took a twenty percent cut.
3: Yeah, just the the twenty percent pay yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah, the claim that I did not take a, a pay cut from RT in twenty twenty, and this goes—it kind of goes. To the that's heart. not true. It it goes to the heart of what Ryan Chubbley's argument was and his yes. presentation to the committee is, and ultimately, that's his story, and he's sticking to it.
0: He and Noel Kelly persisted all day for yeah. six hours in saying this is what RT demanded from us yeah. and we were merely complying.
3: And we delivered it. Th- th- again, going back to the to the the approach and the tactics that they employed going into that committee, as the day went on and the same stock answers and phrases were repeated, you you started to identify a pattern that aha, these guys have got a set of, a set of answers that they're going to keep on delivering no matter what way or how many times they, they're asked the question. And among those was that Ryan Tubbardy did take a cut uh, of, of 20, percent And that the narrative then continues into that the, 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 the side deal, uh, which was worth 75 grand, uh, a year was an entirely separate process that was, Going on uh, on a, on a different level entirely, and had nothing to do with the contract talks. That wasn't accepted by the committee. Alan Kelly put it very, you know, very succinctly yes. that people were not accepting that these were entirely, entirely separate. Among the other uh, stock answers that they have was that Noel Kelly saying he was repeating, he was just following Arty's instructions around invoicing. Noel Kelly kept saying, I'm just a small firm and we only have eight people and Arty are a 350 million giant and they have their own legal department and so on and so forth trying to call it the, the the RTE payment scandal and the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal. And then this thing from Tuberty that he trusted Noel Kelly and Noel Kelly trusted the process with RTE. And ultimately, it was, again, pointing the finger back at RTE and not really taking any responsibility themselves.
0: Yes. And the key area that where responsibility was and is required, you could sum it up with Kieran Cannon, TD, who was the last surviving PD, if I remember. Yes, that's right. And voted himself the PD. elected yeah. himself to be leader. Yeah. Um, but he's a TD for Galway now, and he came at the end, or near mm-hmm. the end, yeah. of the questioning by TDs. And he made the statement that at the heart of this were the invoices for payments two and three Yes, in the 75,000. And payments two and three were... Invoiced to mm-hmm. a different company. Yes. From a different company, mm-hmm. a different O'Kelly company, and there was mm-hmm. no name to be put on the invoices. Now, Canon and another very, very good TD, Alan Dillon, uh, Finnegale TD for Mayo, they also made the point that this was deception. Uh, these yeah. are false invoices for services that were never rendered. And that is undoubtedly a fact, isn't
3: it? Yeah. Well, in in their opinion, as TDs under privilege inside in an Eractus committee, uh, they they basically said that these payments. Uh, were, were set up to, to deceive. And that basically this funding from the side deal with Renault was a, a substitute for the pay cut that, that Ryan Tubberly was taking in his, in his main contract. And that the argument that was being put forward that this, the argument that was being put forward that this was an entirely separate process did not stack up. And nor did Noel Kelly's explanation that he just followed RT's instructions and that he had no idea whatsoever that this funding was, was coming, uh, from, from RT. So in, in effect, you saw across the day that basically any of the, f- any of the, the kind of the arguments on the facts and figures side that, uh, Noel Kelly and Ryan Tubberly were putting forward were being roundly rejected, uh, by the committee. And I suppose Ryan Tubberly was going in there, to also play to a different audience, which was yes. the, the listener and, the, and the, the viewer at home. And he was aiming to win over hearts and minds there. Yeah, he probably did. I mean, he, he expressed how hurtful and upset he was uh, about all this entire issue. He did appear to be contrite. He did talk about his work for, for, for charity and with children. He particularly wanted to rule out any prospects that His departure from the Late Late Show was linked to the payment scandal about to be revealed. He said no. He he'd made up his mind on that a year earlier, and it went from there.
0: Yes, and he did, as you said, the Late Late Toy Show particularly has raised millions, uh, six million in one year for children's charities. He did then make a a, a statement, a speech really, about how he loved the children of Ireland. He wanted the children of Ireland to be happy. He wanted them to read books. And this was something that was a priority in his life and part of his work, which some people regarded as a little bit over the top. A However, hammy,
3: a, a bit of yeah, it was very hammy. Uh, it was yeah, contrived. And, yeah, and, 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 you know, there was other kind of phrases like Noel Kelly turned around and and, and saying that Ryan Tubby was the most trusted man in Ireland, and now he'd been taken down. And you were kind go of going, really? It was the references to to children and the decent people of Ireland, raw yes. and Ryan Tubby side. Then there was a great line towards the end. Where he, he's talking to uh, Marie Sherlock of, of Labour and he says, Yes, the salary is enormous, but that doesn't affect my soul. Saw, yeah. So <laughs> you're you're just gonna kind of listen to this stuff going ah, Jesus, give us a give us a break. A break. Look, yeah. he was he was a pitching stick, isn't it? The that's what he does beyond them. Yeah, that's that that's that's what he does. This he was He was going back to the Ryan Tuberty who used to deliver a a kind of a sermon to the nation every Friday night during COVID-19 about we're all in this together. And ultimately, people were coming back at him yesterday and saying, yeah, that was your message then. But we now know that at the same time, uh, you were engaging in in side deals uh, that were propping up your salary.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
0: Now, in relation to those side deals, Breda O'Keefe was the chief financial officer of RTE, who is now retired. She did, however, come and give evidence last week. It was very impressive in its clarity and uh, its conviction. It emerged subsequently that Brida O'Keefe had given a letter of a separate letter of comfort to Noel Kelly, saying that seventy-five thousand would be paid regardless. In other words, underwriting the 75000 for actually for five years, even if Renault didn't want to pay it or there was a new sponsor. Now, Breed O'Keefe won't attend tomorrow when the executive are back in, but that was, should we say, misleading.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's an
0: email from
3: uh, Brid O'Keefe on the 20th of February, 2020, uh, to Noel Kelly. It's copied to other people as 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 well, uh, and she is is basically saying that RTE will will provide a guarantee uh, that the, the the payment will be made even if the if the sponsor uh, pulls out. This is at odds with what she told uh, the. This is at odds with what she told the uh, Media. Committee a week ago, where she basically said uh, that by the time she had left the organization, that there was no such guarantee. uh, And that she was very opposed to it. And that she was opposed to it, and that there was pushback, and it only happened subsequently. Now, you know, RTE issued a, a rather hasty statement uh, yesterday where they were countering that this email does not prove that there was any guarantee being put on, on the table at, at, at that point. So they're effectively backing up the version of events delivered by a former CFO who left the organisation three years ago. So th- look, that that will be teased out uh, at the Doll Public Accounts Committee uh, tomorrow and ultimately uh, RT will have to, to answer that. But the email looks to be fairly straightforward, I mean, the, an email is not uh, a legally binding contract, yes. but there's quite clearly an indication there from the then CFO uh, that RT were willing to offer uh, such a guarantee in in, a, in an earlier stage in the contract negotiations than was than was previously outlined.
0: Now, the whole of the two sessions really hung on this idea of consultancy and the stonewalling, I would call it, of Noel Kelly uh, when it was repeatedly put to him that he was an experienced businessman, that he had issued thousands of invoices, and how often had he been asked to invoice uh, for an invoice with no name Mm -hmm. uh, for the recipient to a company, Arhus, in Britain that he never knew. And he persisted with the contention that he was doing only what RT asked him to do. And that really bogged the whole day down, didn't it? With both committees, Public Council Committee and with the Media Committee, he would not concede on that. Uh, yeah, and that raises a question. is that a plausible? Well, I mean that, that was the suggestion yeah. is that this isn't plausible for a man a businessman of your experience.
3: Yeah, and and it's what the Social Democrats, TD Katrin Murphy, called the Nuremberg defense that you were only following orders. And in this case, he says it was RTE's instructions to him. So look, uh, what was implausible about this is that that Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty are, are basically saying, "Look, we didn't know that this money was was coming from RTE. We signed up to a contract. We issued invoices, and the money was was paid to us. And we we sent the invoice to whoever we were we were we were told to. Uh, in this case, we quite clearly see a a line of difference. In year one, Noel Kelly uh, from his own company invoices Renault, who were the sponsor at that time." renault pay the money back to noel kelly slash ryan tuberty of seventy five thousand, but in the background uh, renault get a a a credit note effectively a a payback uh from rte to to that sum so it's basically cost neutral It, it, it wasn't going to cost renault any more more money then we see in year two and three which when we now know that renault uh, had pulled out of the deal at this point, the underwriting of the guar- the, the guarantee of payment kicked in. That basically RT told Mr. Kelly uh, to now send an invoice with consultancy services on it, with no name on it, to a UK company which operated a barter account for. RTE, Mr. Kelly is is saying, look, I just did what I was told. I sent on the invoice. He sent it on from his his related second company, CMS Marketing. He says there's nothing untoward. That what was being highlighted yesterday was, look, there's a clear difference with how you between how you dealt with year one and how you dealt with year two and three. And you're telling us that you didn't think there was anything untoward going on here whatsoever. His argument is, Rte, you're a 350 million organisation with a large legal department. They told me what to do when it.
0: Now, there's a much bigger issue here, and your newspaper, Irish Independent, leads this morning with a hint, or more than a hint, that Kevin Backhurst, the new Director-General, may be open to the idea of selling the campus at Montrose uh, and moving, or uh, the bigger thing, of course, being our need as a society to have a public service broadcaster, and that is something that has been threatened I would suggest Finon. And really leaving Tuberty and Kelly aside, the question they're back in tomorrow, the RT uh, yeah, executive true. the mm. yeah, one executive board has been sacked and an interim leadership team uh, now. However, we are uh, we do need a public service program. I don't know if you agree with that, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And and therefore we're now into the realms of forget personalities. We're into the realms now of how do we fund a public service broadcasting system and what's left of RTE. I mean, it looks like a shell, to be honest with you, Finon, when you take out executives and people who are, you know, the, the, the people who are really good reporters, the, their dog correspondents, for example, you know, uh, Michal Lahan and people like that, they are public service broadcasting should be. And the 61 News and others in the organization have been rigorous in their pursuit of this. With one or two exceptions who may have conflicts of interest, I'll leave that aside for the moment. Where are we going with this now? Do we have, we don't have solutions, do we? We have maybe people who have done things not as you would wish them to do, but we still don't have a clear sight of the future.
3: No and, and and the new director general Kevin Backers has has come into uh, place just uh, this week. He he has been outlining measures, to be fair to him, with how to deal with the immediate crisis. So, he stood down the executive team. Uh, certain members left. Certain others have been kind of sidelined. Uh, he's appointed an interim executive team, and he says there's going to be a restructuring of the of the, the management uh, in, the, in the longer term. He says also that... You know, he's seeking to restore faith, trust and confidence in RTE. So that that would involve being more uh, open and transparent and accountable in terms of of their dealings. He's bringing in a register of interests uh, for staff. He says there is an investigation ongoing out to to potential breaches uh, of uh, codes of conduct and rules and regulations around around social media, the use of the campus and journalism codes uh, by staff and contractors. Uh, through their, through commercial side deals with, between cars and endorsements and, and so on. Uh, so that's all ongoing. And meanwhile, you know, a forensic auditor is arriving into RTE. The government has got two major investigations going on to it. One into the, 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 the culture and corporate governance of the organization and, and, uh, and another into its finances and, and, and structure. There is a reform of the, the license fee plan sitting on the desk of the media minister, which has now been parked for quite a substantial period of time. Uh so RT is very much in flux and we really probably won't get a, a bigger uh picture here until until potentially next year when those those reports come back. There is going to be substantial changes in the in the management structure and organisation. Uh, but we're not clear yet what exactly is going to happen on the finances The the government have been quite clear that the country needs public, a public sector broadcaster. They're probably even more so in the wake of COVID-19 when they saw the necessity to be able to communicate directly with the public and not be reliant upon the The internet giants who are based in Grand Canal Dock, who basically don't really have any moral conscience and don't particularly care about whether things are accurate or not uh, on their, on their platform. So there has been very much a kind of a a swing back from the government's uh, outlook uh, towards media that you can actually trust that will, will verify facts before putting them out there. so that's all going on. And, and meanwhile, these individual things around will Ryan be back on air or not, uh, have, have still to be resolved. So everything is kind of a, uh, everything is connected and everything is also a stepping stone towards the next part of, of the process. I think there is, it's unquestionably there will be changes in in terms of the management in RTE. Very, very, very major question marks over the board of RTE and how they have handled this whole issue. And that's still to to play out uh, as well. Very definitely there'll be changes to to how RT is organised, both from a financial perspective in terms of like, what exactly is your commercial side and what exactly is your public service side, because it's all jumbled together uh, at, at the moment. So you may well see sections of RT being being sold off or at least separated out uh, from from the main core. So, yeah, I, I I think it could be anything up to two years before we actually see what does the future look like uh, for our public service podcaster.
0: Now, Ferdinand, the other thing that struck me over the past couple of weeks, but yesterday in particular, I am prone to being very scathing about... Politicians and backbenchers saying they're no good or we don't get the right caliber. I was struck yesterday, and this, this may be a, a contentious thing to say because there have been criticism of these uh, members of the Public Council Committee, Media Committee. I think some of them were absolutely outstanding. Alan Dillon, McAuliffe, their names I wrote down, Imelda Munster, Schinner, and also a, another Sinn Féin deputy, who I thought was uh, John Brady, who was really good. The caliber, I mean, the, Senator uh, Shane Cassells, Finfaller, they really, given that they only had the documentation fully at 8.30 a.m., they really did ask very penetrating questions. And they did really expose what these two witnesses were and what they were at if you like, and yeah. I, 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 have we, I mean, you know this territory far better n- than I do, but the, watching the committee system work in terms of the RTE scandal, some of these people are quite impressive.
3: Yeah, it, it, the, the one committee, the one criticism I have of the uh, committee system is that there's probably not enough teamwork between the individual TDs. Uh, That's why you get a repetition of questions. Yes. Rather than TD number one taking topic number one, TD number two taking topic number two, and they hone in just specifically on that. You did see people trying to rush through a whole list of questions rather than being forensic on one particular topic. I mean, that's in the nature of of politics that you don't have that level of cooperation and also people want to get their own their own soundbite in but so that's that's a criticism that that you would have they also had to be very cautious yesterday uh right and noel kelly quite rightly had their legal representatives with them i don't have any problem with that at all and i noticed that the, the head of the aractus uh, legal affairs uh, office was also inside uh, yes. in in the room monitoring events so because of the behaviour of the Dáil Public Accounts Committee a decade ago with Angela Kearns where they broke the law Uh, and in case there's any doubt about that they broke the law that's what the Supreme Court said Um, the practice committee system has been under pressure to be more respectful to people appearing before them, set out their rights to them, set out their rights to them, and make sure that those uh, issues are adhered to. And ultimately, at the end yesterday, Brian Tumbridge did turn around at the very end and say he felt he was treated with great courtesy and and so on. So there would appear to be no complaint then there there from the from the witnesses. You're going to get exceptions. I mean, this is democracy. There were other TDs who were not on your list there who seemed to. Go off at a tangent and had their own particular agendas, uh, at, at play. But largely speaking, yeah, uh, you did have TDs, uh, as from, from the list that you've mentioned there, who did their homework, who came in, who had specific points that they, that they wanted to, to, to put across, uh, and, and they, they went about that with, with, with some diligence. Um, so, you know, I, I think a, a good day for the Octus community system all around, yeah. I'm
0: not, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm very grateful to you for joining us today, Fanon. I just want to also congratulate you and I'll, I'll say no more than read the headline on your piece in today's Irish Bandit. It's a brilliant piece. Uh it's mm. not long. It just tells you everything you really need to know about this scandal. The headline is Boy and Rodney Act Fails as Toberty Burns Bridges. Um it's a very, very good characterization. We don't wish bad luck on anybody, including uh Delboy and Rodney, but no, it and, gives and a there flavour. Is,
3: there is one aspect of Ryan Tubbery's testimony that, that still does have to play out, and this is of the utmost seriousness for the, the for the RT board, and that is what he called the, the you know the seven done truth. That, yeah. uh, he was paid 120 grand between 2017 and 2019, uh, and that, uh, somehow this, this payment was also kept secret. He says quite simply, he was not paid this money. It would appear to be the same figure as a loyalty bonus, which he says, uh, yes. he wasn't paid, that he waived the, Chief Financial Officer of RTE, Richard Collins, said last week also that this money was not paid. But some accounting practice went on in the background where it was allocated or credited to a particular balance. And that's where the the confusion arose. The question mark here now is, why did the RTE board uh, put this information out there uh, four weeks ago uh, without having their homework done on June right. the 22nd, 2023, they put out this statement that basically said, yeah, we found the, the, there was these three payments, uh, in 2020 to 2022. It was picked up by a, a Deloitte, uh, in internal audit. It was then investigated by Grant Thornton. So we have all our facts and figures here based upon. Uh, represent, uh, based upon reports done by two top five uh, accountancy firms, so we know exactly what we're talking about here. And right. then they basically chucked out, oh, and there was another 120 grand in the three years previous to that, and we've just found that through a review that we carried out, we've never seen that review. We don't know who did the review. We don't. We all we know is it was done over a very short time period, and they've conducted, they've, they've commissioned a subsequent investigation into that, into those payments. But based upon the evidence that we've heard over the last two weeks, it would appear that that was there was no payment there. So there's a very serious questions now have to be put to the RT board about why. They tell the nation that Ryan Tuberty received one hundred and twenty grand between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen when they didn't have their facts checked at that point.
0: Now, one final uh, question that must be lingering over Ryan Tuberty's head is: he's promised to pay back the one hundred and fifty thousand he would have got if he doesn't do six more gigs for Renault, and we await that with interest because I'm not sure. Whether Renault would want him, or indeed whether, whatever, um, geez, I,
3: I think, Evan, we, we should all be putting down our our, our names on every Renault dealership <laughs> in the country to make sure we get <laughs> an invite to that one. I mean, this yeah. is, this, this is quite pricelessly funny. Uh, so this this is 150 grand, though. The doublet is is basically he got for, and and the gigs never never happened. I need bag so, yeah. back. And and he'll now give it back. So we're we're now being told on this 150 grand that Ryan Tuberty will pay back the money for work not done to an organization that he didn't know was paying him, that he billed (laughs) for in an unorthodox way via a UK company he had never heard of through an invoice with no name and a wrong description sent by his agent's second firm.
0: Go figure. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Fanon. That was brilliant. We're very grateful, Fanon Shane as I say, is Ireland editor of independent newspapers. He broke this story. He is really an outstanding journalist, quite outstanding. And the importance of journalists and indeed of a public service broadcaster has never been more evident than in this time we are living. And look across the water or look across the Atlantic and you'll know why. Thanks to Final seeing. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.